0: Hey, this thing is tough, man. It's tough. This thing, manish. University. It's the morning routine. University. (laughs) Hey, it's still recording. Eh, forty-nine minutes. Yeah, Yeah, it recorded the pumps, we said. Basically, like what we do is in the context of leadership and entrepreneurship. So I'm not sure if you know much about the podcast, but it's basically to help leaders and entrepreneurs on their journey and help them execute them get the necessary mindset and this is only the beginning <laughs> this is only the beginning His guest is the founder and CEO of ProBeno, a company that provides career guidance to middle and high school students in India. Through these courses, they aim to help students explore and discover their passion. He's an entrepreneur with plenty of leadership experience and he completed his bachelor's degree in information technology at the Indian Institute of Engineering Science and Technology. I am honoured to be chatting with Aditya Bose. Welcome, Aditya.
1: Thank you so much, Episo. And the honour and pleasure is totally mine. I'll quickly you know, add to that introduction. So I'm very passionate about education and entrepreneurship. Love to talk about that. And that's also why I started in the fields that intersect, you know, ethnic entrepreneurship. And I'm really excited to help the students out as much as I can and to be able to give them a bright future I
0: deeply resonate to that and you know I share your passion for ed tech education and more so entrepreneurship and I want to get straight into things here and actually chat about an integral part of entrepreneurship which of course is risk-taking you know I was so inspired Aditya, when I heard your story and you know I wildly associate to it Uh, You sacrificed the comfortable life that was guaranteed to you to pursue entrepreneurship. And I remember in my conversation with Talifani Banks, one of the most prolific entrepreneurs in South Africa at the moment, uh, we spoke on how entrepreneurship is cutting off all parts to follow what lies deep inside your heart. So I did that to those who are struggling to take that leap of faith. What words of advice can you give people with regards to taking that risk and pursuing the life of an entrepreneur?
1: So I myself took the risk, and I wasn't at the best financial position or the best, you know, um, portfolio in the market. I just started off as an engineering graduate, and. Obviously there are challenges, so every time you will think of starting something new there will be challenges and it will also depend on the state of your life, like you have very different challenges when you're starting as a very young graduate as opposed to when you're starting with experience, maybe you have some money saved but then there are much more responsibilities also that you have. So different situations give you different challenges but the challenges will always be there and You know whichever challenges you feel that you can tackle a little easily as compared to the other set of challenges like i felt that maybe you know if i have family responsibilities i won't be able to tackle that at that stage so let me start early so you can do statistical calculations like these according to your own situation that which challenges can you handle easily that's one piece of advice i would give and secondly from my experience what i learned is that Whenever we see these startup stories, we usually try to follow startup stories where people got pressed really quickly or where the startups or whatever new they started got a very good establishment very early on in the game, maybe after a year or two when they got really famous. Like let's say we follow the example of Facebook, which progressed really fast. But then there are very few examples like these and that is what you learn When you are in that journey, when you see people around you, you know, people who are trying the same, people who are trying in different sectors, like agricultural technology, medical health, sanitation, people are trying to solve different problems in different sectors. And most of them are starting just like you from a very small place. So at that time, you see that the struggle is real and not everybody gets famous or gets rich so quickly. So you have to wait for your time to come and life is not a race, something that takes especially people in India a lot of time to realize and I think all across also it takes people a lot of time to realize that I can't really compare my life with somebody else's. So if somebody has started at the same time as mine and at the same financial status and he or she is doing really well in life whereas I am taking a little bit more time, it's okay. If every day I'm waking up is a better version of myself as compared to the version of myself yesterday, I think I'm doing decent enough progress every day. And obviously you can improve the magnitude of that progress. But if you are making even small progress every day, you will eventually succeed in life. And I think the purpose of life is making a positive impact. Now, the magnitude of that positive impact can be small or big. But if you made a positive impact, I think you have fulfilled your purpose. So if we approach life with that mindset, I think we'll be happy. And that's one of the main aims of life, right? being happy. So um, there will be struggle, but we have to accept the struggle also happily because we can't attach ourselves to a goal. You know, it can't be just that I want to achieve this goal. So whenever I achieve this goal, then only I'll be happy. And along the way, I'll not be so happy. Then I would say that it's a life wasted. So rather be happy during the process from the learning that you get, enrich yourself and I think that's how you will lead a happy life. You'll be very happy during the process also and when you achieve the goal also. Celebrate small achievements and yeah, just approach the whole thing very positively. Accept the failures, accept the challenges that come along the way. You'll definitely make it, maybe sooner, maybe later, but you'll definitely make it.
0: I love that. I love that. I think you broke that down insanely well. And, you know, when you speak of those examples, your Facebooks and, you know, Steve Jobs with his Apple. um, I think at times, as much as people get inspired by such stories, but... It does somewhat don people because when they start on their journey, they start to see that they're not perfect Then they start comparing themselves to the likes of those great companies who progressed at such a great speed They become demoralized and end up giving up or just leaving their journey earlier, but you know what? You said it perfectly every single person has a unique journey through this path and what matters is not necessarily growing at the same rate or faster than you know the biggest companies in this world but just focusing on you know what you want to impact on the world in your you know small corner however big or small your corner is and just creating a better world in whatever way you can however long that may take and you know there's this you know great quote where they say that entrepreneurship involves being urgently patient and I love it so much because I truly do believe that you know you need to have that sense of urgency but still have the presence of mind to be patient and wait until your time comes but being patient doesn't mean you should be complacent uh, so I love that breakdown Aditya. thank you so much uh, now I want to move to Probeno and the work that you do there Um, It's insane how how issues that plague South Africa are also present in India. Uh, Numerous youth don't actually know what careers are available to them. Often youth get pressurized into entering careers based on societal or parental expectations. So you actually look to bridge this gap and provide world-class career guidance to students across India. So I'd love to know, personally, what drives you to do what you do? And why career
1: guidance? Thank you so much for this question, Fitri, So I started off as a user innovation case myself. So when I was in college, I figured out that the stream that I have chosen, information technology, isn't something that I'm really interested in. And that is what started me, you know, I started to think about why I had chosen the same. And when I thought, I understood that I hadn't really chosen information technology because I had even tried it. It just seemed fascinating from afar. I did not know of too many career options apart from information technology and computer science. And, you know, the society also gives you such a template that you start to force fit yourself in that template rather than asking questions. So how it happens here is, and as you said, you know, these are global problems. Somehow as a society, we have created a template for people to kind of push them to not take any decisions for themselves. I'll give you an example. So when we reach class 10th, uh, grade 10, as a 16-year-old student, or maybe 15, 17, somewhere around that age range, and we get a choice of stream. So stream is basically a set of subjects that you need to choose that you will study for the next two years. And that will also decide, you know, what career path you take. So there are three streams here. We say arts or humanities, which are the social science subjects. Geography, history, economics, political science, etc. Then there is commerce, which are the business oriented subjects, accountancy, business economics, business studies, etc. And then there is science. So in science, there are two divisions there's medical science, there's non medical science. In medical science, we have biology, physics, chemistry. And in non medical science, the biology is replaced by either computer science or physical education. So it's about choosing the combination of subjects that you will study for the next two years. And that will also, to an extent, decide the degree that you do. Because if you have taken up humanities, you can choose a science degree suddenly after that. So that's an important career choice. Now, when we reach that stage, people have already created a template. They have said that, okay, if you achieve a higher percentage, you should take up science. If you have achieved a medium percentage, let's say, 75%, 65%, 75%, 65%, somewhere around that, you should take up commerce. And if you have scored a lower percentage, let's say 40 50 percentage, then you take up arts or humanities. Now, this is something that goes on in the society. So as kids, when we grow up, we have seen people do that. When we reach that stage, subconsciously only our mind pushes us to do something similar. So since I got a higher percentage, I never even considered other career options apart from career options in science. Now here there is huge euphoria about two career options specifically, one is engineer, one is doctor. So again, according to society's template, they have also decided that if you take up a certain stream, what are the two or three career options that you can possibly pursue. So if you take up science, you can pursue engineering or let's say doctor. If you take up business like commerce, then you can take up either business administration or BCom, Bachelor of Commerce, or you can go for chartered accountancy or company secretary studies. So similarly for humanities, we have fixed that you should do a Bachelor of Arts in any subject that you like. And we don't give people a chance to consider more than that. In our education system, there is no opening where we are explained about different career options. Very few schools in rural areas and urban areas have career counseling. Very few, like almost negligible. And when we reach college, that is when we actually start to realize things. In college also, when I started realizing that I'm not really interested in information technology and I had never tried computer programming before taking up the stream, it had just seemed fascinating from afar, I started asking other people as to why they had chosen their particular career options. I was among engineers, which is a stereotypically preferred career option in India. So I asked them that why have you taken up mechanical engineering or civil engineering or whatever branches they had chosen. Now, from their answers, I could understand that people had not really chosen engineering for the sake of learning that specific field or discipline. People had chosen that field because of the external appeal of engineering. So that also shows me that we make career choices based on the wrong criteria. People were talking about how much money they can earn or how they can lead a settled life. So all their aspirations were very much external, you know, how much money, how much societal status can they earn stuff like that. Nobody really thought about that. How much enjoyment can I derive from my work? Or, you know, how can I become the best in my field? So these things were missing, absolutely missing from any perspective that I gained from the students who were studying with me. And that is what started me thinking that shouldn't we have gotten career guidance at an early stage? How many of people here know that there is a degree called Bachelor of Design in graphic design? on how many people here know that there is an examination called common law admission test. We never explored. So, people said that I want to become the first engineer from my village. Why not the first hotel manager from your village? Because there is lesser awareness about hotel management in your village in the first place. So that is where I thought that career guidance should definitely be introduced in the school curriculum. I started testing this by participating in different business plan competitions where I just pitched this whole thing as an idea. And even during those business plan competitions, I started improving my knowledge. Initially, I st- started to think that I'll establish a brick and mortar school, a real brick and mortar school where I'll teach people not just the school subjects, but also career guidance. But then some of the judges asked me a very important question that, OK, you're pitching this as an idea, but Aritya, do you really have the money to create a school? And I realized that, OK, I should pitch as an idea, something that I can really do. So then I started to pitch a website which actually I could afford, you know, 2,500, 3,000 Indian national rupees I can afford. So I started pitching that. Then I started winning some prizes. So I also got a lot of feedback through those business plan competitions as to which direction my idea should go in. And after college, I decided that I'll go into this full time. I have the energy. I have not really seen a lot of money till now. And there is a certain amount of time till which, you know, I can maybe struggle. Which would be very difficult when my parents grow further old and I probably have a family of my own, you know, my wife, my children. That is when it will become even more difficult. So I thought that this is the right time to start. I am youthful. I have a lot of energy. I have drive and I have just recently come across this idea, which I'm really excited about. Who knows if I join a job, how much I'll be drawn away from this idea because I'll not be able to pursue this. So I thought that from the perspective of solving the problem, from the perspective of my time commitment and my ability to endure the struggle that comes into this. This is the right time to start. I started full time and since then it has been a good four years. I have learned every single day of my life. I have grown not just in the professional sphere but also in the personal sphere. I feel I know a lot about life right now than I did back you know, when I started and I know a lot more about life, I feel, than I would have known if I would have joined a job because that would not have given me the exposure, which I got here. So yeah, a lot of positives and that's how I came across this idea. have helped 20,000 students discover the right career choice for them thus far. Many of them are also doing pretty well right now in terms of their career because they've grown up now. So yeah, really feel happy to see all this happening that even if I die tomorrow, I have achieved a little bit of impact. So this is what motivates me to go and work every day.
0: You know, this this cause that you represent Aditya and every single day when you show up, uh, you, when you when you add on to this cause, I feel it's such an important cause and so many issues stem from a lack of knowledge of the careers that are out there and what people can actually do, you know, scary statistics out there, uh, but suicide is one of the highest killers of our youth you know in today's generation and i feel that with so many people taking their own lives it's such an injustice because people don't really know you know what they want to do why they want to do it they just do things just to get them done you know and even here in south africa it's shocking how only approximately six percent of students from high school all the way through to university actually end up with degrees with qualifications and even less around one percent end up with honors qualifications and masters i think that is you know it's horrible statistics but it just goes to show you know that students don't know what is out there students don't know where their passions lie students don't know what to do so i think what you're doing is so important and i thank you for your service um now we are both in education you know and This is a sector which is one of the most important for effecting change in this world, honestly. You know, one of the highly emphasized sections of education is lifelong learning. And I know throughout your journey, you had to learn the necessary skills to succeed in the world of entrepreneurship. Of course, most of the skills that you learned weren't necessarily taught in high school and university. So how can people out there gain the necessary skills
1: to succeed in entrepreneurship. I think a lot of stuff has already been said about it and I'm also a very small entrepreneur along my journey so I haven't really made it very big yet. I'm doing my small level of impact and hoping that you know someday I'll also create a bigger impact. So from my experience and my expertise what I can tell is first step is always to start, to take the bigger step to decide that I'll start and it's not just saying that okay I'll quit my job I can understand there are many people who are not at a stage where they can easily quit their job and start entrepreneurship full time knowing that they have a family to support and their family totally depends on them for the income it's not very easy to just say you know I quit and start entrepreneurship full time so I'm not talking about that I'm just saying that taking a step in the mind. So let's say I'm 25 years of age or 35 or 40 or whichever age I am at and I think that okay I want to make it big tomorrow. So then that is a very difficult expectation to fulfill. But if I think that okay I'll just make it big and we don't attach a time frame to it initially because over time we'll also get a lot of clarity on when we can possibly achieve it. So today it has been four years for me, a long journey so now I can with much more clarity that when you know i feel that i'll make it big and still that might not you know come out to be in the same way that i have thought of it so the first step is that we should start mentally if i'm at any stage i should say that okay if i want to solve this particular problem then i'll do it i'll devote one hour to it every day after my job or if i can quit my job then i'll quit my job and i'll go into it full time whatever is the next possible step so what can i do tomorrow to start You know, not procrastinate anymore that, okay, I'll take a year more to learn about stuff. It's never going to be like a school examination that I learn a lot of stuff first and then I start. You know, it's always going to come along the way. So practical experience is very important. So keep reading, but also keep implementing. If you are just reading, then that won't serve much good to you because anyway, when you start implementing, you'll realize that that a lot of what you read is very difficult in essence to implement. So first step is definitely to Start in the mind, you know, one hour, two hours, whatever number of hours you can dedicate the next day to it, and whatever the smallest step you can take the next day. So it can also be as small as, okay, I'll solve this problem for five to 10 people tomorrow, or, you know, for the next two, three months. Even then, you're creating a genuine impact. Just that it's small and maybe a lot of people won't know your name, but it's still worth doing because it starts from five, 10, it can go up to millions and billions of people. And that's what we entrepreneurs do. We bring a smile on billions of faces, or at least we aspire to do that. So that's there. And I think along the way, what you can do is search for online resources. There are a lot of books, a lot of courses available online. The good part today, which did not probably exist four, or five years ago even is that there's a lot of content and a lot of awareness about entrepreneurship. A lot of people across the world have really started it right now, especially in India, the wave is really strong. So if 10 years ago, you would have asked me this question. There were not a lot of entrepreneurs in India, but today there's a huge wave where a lot of people are starting up every day. And hence knowledge is getting exchanged very fast. Because of that, a lot of learning, a lot of content in the form of books, courses, everything is available online. We don't need to spend a single piece of currency for it. And that's the best part. We just need to invest our time, we can learn theoretically, and then implement that and then learn through our experiences. I think that's the best way to go about it. Also, maybe have a few mentors and mentors can be anybody successful entrepreneurs to your mom, you know, anybody who you feel adds to your journey from a good perspective, maybe a life perspective or a core business expertise area like marketing, you can have maybe two, five, ten mentors. Don't have too many, otherwise it will be difficult for you to stay in touch. And yeah, with a mix of mentorship, online content and your experiences you will keep learning keep growing personally professionally and make a lot of
0: impact 100% Aditya and I think something that a lot of people cannot get over is that very first hurdle it's such a pivotal key hurdle in just starting and so often people you know come up with excuses and The biggest problem with excuses, you know, is excuses are valid, you know, in the mind of anyone who makes the excuse, that excuse is valid, you know. And so many people are prevented from starting because they don't have money, you know, they feel to be an entrepreneur, I need money to run a successful business, to start something, I need money. Not even, you know, start where you can. If... Let's say you're going into energy, you know, at least do research into the industry, understand the industry and start where you can. You don't necessarily have to start, you know, by registering a company, then going full force with the business. But any progress forward is progress nonetheless. And you touched on something there with regards to role models. And I feel it's so important in this journey because we don't know anything, even myself sitting here, yourself as well. We don't know much, you know, in the greater scheme of things. We are still learning throughout our journey. So I really do believe role models are so important. Um, People at times, though, struggle to get role models to guide them in their journey. And I know it's something that I actually struggled with quite a lot at the beginning of my journey. Uh, So I'd love to ask Aditya, uh, have you had role models throughout your journey? And how did you go about getting them to help you on your journey?
1: Yeah, I have had many. I learned from so many entrepreneurs and people in different fields of life every day. So I learn a lot from sports person, I watch a lot of sports. I watch cricket, I watch football, tennis a little bit, Formula One these days I've started watching. So all the top performers in sports have a lot of things in common with the top performers and entrepreneurs. And I feel in fact top performers in any field for that matter. So I follow a lot of Bollywood actors as well. So Bollywood is the film industry in India. And I follow You know, so many people who I just see the fundamental principles are same everywhere. And it's very simple, you know, in terms of theoretical understanding, it's not very difficult to figure out why these people are successful. They're humble, they're hardworking, they're sincere, they want to create a genuine impact. They view their work as something much more than just a source of money for their sustenance. So the fundamental principles are the same everywhere. In entrepreneurship, especially I follow a lot of US-based entrepreneurs because that's what you know, has been publicized a lot. Henry Ford, Steve Jobs, Mark Zuckerberg, Elon Musk. I'm a big fan of Elon Musk. So people like these, I follow a lot. There are a lot of Indian entrepreneurs also who did it in a very Indian way and a very smart way. So here, you know, we call, so there's a version of innovation which we, in Hindi, call Jugaad. You know, so coming up with clever innovations, basically. And that is something which Indian entrepreneurs have mastered over the years. and uh, you know there are a lot of entrepreneurs like the owner of Reliance, Bihro Bhai the owner of um, Infosys, Narayan Murthy So there are so many people you know uh, who we can take inspiration from. The Tata family, which owns the Tata Group of companies, once upon a time it used to own Air India, then they bought it back from the government recently. So all these Indian entrepreneurs have taught us a lot, and there's a lot of good learning from all these entrepreneurs the way they followed basic principles and then they adapted that to the current situation where they were and you know the location also so to start an enterprise in india it's very different from how you would start it in south africa or how you would start it in the united states of america so the fundamental principles remain the same but then if i'm in south africa then i'll have to understand the culture here and accordingly adapt myself my business and my offering so how that's done, that's you know, an institution in itself and something that comes from experience, but a lot of that learning you can derive from people who have already done it in some other industry or maybe even in your industry. And yeah, uh, you know, you should always have role models to learn from and to see the patterns that what are the common things that all of these people do, what are the common things of a successful person? So that will also make things much more clear and you would make much lesser mistakes so the chances of becoming successful early are higher.
0: That is so true and you know what, you touched on something and this is something which um it's a message I've been spreading for the past few weeks now on my various platforms but a role model is not someone who necessarily has to be there physically with you 24-7 or you know you meet them once a week or whatever There are so many role models out there that you don't, you literally don't have to meet. You know, we live in an era where we can access information and, you know, it's a huge amount of information. People really take the internet and social media for granted, but we can access a lot of information and even information on successful people. And the great thing about successful people or people who really make huge impacts on this world is all they look to do is help the world and share how they got to where they got to. So if people just literally listen, listen to what got, you know, the great sports players, the great athletes, the great entrepreneurs and leaders in our society to where they are, they'll find that there are a lot of common denominators, you know, fundamental things that remain, you know, the same between every single person because values and principles are constant. They do not change. What changes is how you use them in your journey to impact the world. So I love that and I'm I'm very big on sports players as well cuz you know I'm I'm obsessed with competing on the highest level and I feel that athletes you know within cricket, soccer, all sports, those who compete at the highest level had to sacrifice so much. It takes so much to get to the highest level of sports. You know, so much determination so much failure so much this, so much that so there's so much that we can actually learn from our sports players as well you know you don't necessarily just have to follow entrepreneurs um so i like that expansive view that you gave to our audience there uh now i feel this is a sentiment that uh, i somewhat feel that you'd agree with but entrepreneurship is hectic you know it's a busy lifestyle and it demands a lot out of a person And in my life, personally, I've adopted morning meditation to aid in just clearing my mind and taking charge of my day and somewhat relaxing and de-stressing. I also utilize the gym or physical activity, which helps me establish balance in my life. So I'd love to know, Aditya, how do you de-stress in a healthy way? And what tips can you give for our listeners in this regard?
1: That's a very nice question, the way it is put, Sipi. So, because you said in a healthy way, because you know there are a lot of ways of recreation these days. There are a very, uh, there's, there's a huge lot of ways of recreation which is very unhealthy as well. But somehow, people, including us, sometimes indulge in that. And it's important to remember that there are a lot of healthy alternatives to recreation which provide as much or even more recreation and more relaxation than the ones which are unhealthy. And that's something which we should always remember. But um, coming to the real question, I for one, I think, you know, I really need to work on my discipline a lot more than what it is right now. Although what you said is something very common to me as well. I also do, you know, morning yoga, which is very similar to meditation, you know, physical exercise and a bit of breathing exercises. Then um, I also do physical exercise in the evening. I do miss my schedules, although it's not like every day. I do it sometimes, I forget to do it sometimes, or sometimes I'm so busy with my work that it takes me a bit of time to understand. I can space out my work and you know get time for that as well. So, um, mostly I do physical exercise, breathing exercises. And apart from that, what I'm very regular on online listening to music, I really like to listen to music, just sing aloud sometimes in my bathroom because that's only where I should be doing it. (laughs) I sing very loudly. So I do that. And yeah, I watch sports sometimes. I used to be a big sports fan earlier on. I still am. But sometimes, you know, um, it, it becomes so difficult to find time for other things. As you said, you know, as entrepreneurs, we have such a busy schedule, especially in the initial days, which I also have. So it's difficult to find time to relax yourself. But sometimes, you know, when I get time, I watch sports. Also, I uh, have made it a habit to watch the Sunday race these days, the F1 race. And apart from that, I also watch some movies a few times here and there. So I used to be big on movies, but I have also, you know, understood that how to manage time. So have lowered a lot of my movie time and sports time from when I was a kid. So and that's I think a very natural process of life. So yeah, mostly I also do the same things as other people do. Nothing much different there
0: okay perfect I love it I love it Um, now of course you have people listening all over the world you know different countries different continents what what lessons that you've learned throughout your life you know can you impart for all of our entrepreneurs and all of our leaders even people considering entering these fields what lessons can you impart uh, to them today
1: I think most of the lessons that I'm going to talk about are already lessons out there in the public. So I'll give it a perspective that I have gotten through my experience. As a child, I wasn't very good in accepting failure. So you know, this once upon a time I was a kid, when, uh, it's, it's in third grade, I think when I was about eight or nine years, I don't remember exactly. I went to a drawing competition. I was not great at drawing, but I don't know why I expected that I'll win that competition. And when I did not win, when the results were announced, and I had really expected that I would win, I started crying, and I started accusing the, the organizing team that you know this is this is a rigged competition, and you know the results are wrong, and something like that. I started shouting, and then my parents, obviously embarrassed, had to take me back home. And you know, I I was known for this kind of behavior as a kid. So my parents still sometimes, you know, talk about this and laugh about it when I'm at home. And over time, I think, you know, the kind of things that I have seen in life have forced me in a way to accept failure better because I have understood that it will be a part of my life. So why spoil your mood further after failure, you know, and spoil your days further after that? Rather it's okay, you know, obviously failure immediately when it comes upon you, it's very difficult to accept it at that moment. So I'm not saying that, you know, become a sage because it's difficult to become a sage. You know, you can't just accept everything that comes your way instantly. Otherwise, you know, we would be really enlightened humans and that would be a very unfair expectation to have from everyone. So when failure immediately comes upon you, obviously you will be a little angry, maybe a little disappointed, maybe a little irritated with yourself for performing, not up to the expected standards. But I think let it sink in, you know, give yourself time, maybe vent it out cry, maybe shout in a room, do whatever it takes to just vent it out. But then whatever time it takes for you to move on, and there's no fixed time, obviously, the lesser, the better. So if you move on within a few hours, it's great. If you move on within a day, still, it's great. If you take a year to move on, I would say that maybe, you know, try and accept it a little earlier. But even if it takes a year, it's okay. But whenever you move on, then get back to work and make sure that whatever learning you have extracted from that failure, you apply it and achieve something much bigger than what you were aiming for while you achieved that failure. So, and I use my words very carefully and I would still say achieve that failure because failure, in a way, is also leading you to an achievement, so it's also a small milestone that you should be celebrating. Now, struggle is something that is not exclusive to anyone. Through these failures and through these setbacks you know a lot of struggle you will face and that is what will enrich you as a professional as a person and not just entrepreneurs but i think this is for anyone in general you know struggle everyone has to go through so the better you accept it the more happy your life is because if you spend a lot of time being sad or being angry with the struggle that you're facing currently or with the failures that you have faced you know a lot of your time will be wasted being sad or angry so rather, if we learn to accept it, I think the thing I said at the far, at the start, that you'll be happy along the process and not just when you achieve the goal. I think that can be achieved if you understand that struggle is not exclusive to anyone and we have to learn to accept failure a lot better. And this needs to be taught in schools as well. I think our schools don't do a great job at teaching kids to accept failure and I think that's why we grow up the way we do and then later on we realize when we have already spent a lot of time being sad at the failures that we have faced so that's one big learning that i have gotten through my experience the second learning is confidence a lot of the times i was very scared or hesitant to sell something that i was asking money for i almost thought that you know maybe i am doing something wrong But over time, I realized that all the businesses run like this. If I don't ask for money, how will I sustain myself and how will I sustain the people who are working with me who are rendering such great service to the society? If you're doing something really good, I believe that it is a much, much needed service. So then I should sell it the same way. Then I should not be hesitant. I think if I'm making something good, then it is my obligation to sell it. Because if I don't, then somebody in the same industry will probably sell a substandard offering. And I might have a better offering, but I'm not selling it in the same way. So then that does not reach the society. So if I'm making something great, then it is my obligation to sell it. That's the second learning I had. And since then, I have not looked back. And the third learning I would say is that live life for impact. You know, a lot of the times we come into entrepreneurship thinking that we'll become really famous, people will start liking us, people will start becoming our fans, or maybe, you know, we'll earn a lot of money, so we have expectations of riches. And those are not wrong expectations to have because that will happen. But I think it should start from a place of solving a problem, from a place where we want to create real positive impact. Because money, the problem with money is that we can't take it with us. You know, if I die at 60, 70, 80, hopefully I live till 100. But whenever I die, I can't take the money with me. And money is something that gets recycled in the same society. But if I leave some good impact on Earth, I think it will give a lot of people a better reason to live. So Albert Einstein I've never met, but I still know his name today because of the impact that he created on Earth. So in a way, he's still alive. And to be immortal on Earth, I think there's only one way: Create such a good impact that people keep talking about you, thousand years after you die, because you created a space where evolution happens faster. And I think through the work that you, I, and everyone else is doing, in our small or big ways, we are creating that space where evolution happens faster, we just need to come with an impact-oriented approach, and if we do that, I think we'll have enough money and enough fame for the rest of our lives to live happily. So yeah, these are the few learnings that I have gotten through my journey.
0: Wow, wow, what, I mean, what a conversation this has been, honestly speaking, this is a fantastic conversation and despite the fact that we are, you know, a thousand kilometers or a thousand miles away, but I strongly feel that, you know, me and you think very, very similarly. I really, really resonate to all the thoughts that you've shared. And I honestly think that this has been a very insightful episode for every single person listening. There's so much to take away. And you've really given people a true glimpse into what it means to be an entrepreneur and what it means to compete on the highest level. So, from here, I'm sure people want to check you out now, You know, people are inspired. People, you know, have enjoyed the thoughts you've shared. Where can people find you on social media? And where can people find more information on Probeno?
1: Thanks so much, Sipi. So, I think on social media, you can follow us on any social media networking site that you're a fan of. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. So, anywhere you search Probeno you'll find a logo a blue logo with three steps uh, like stairs that are taking you up your career so that's the metaphor that we have developed so you'll find that so proveno is on all social media platforms it's on instagram it's on facebook on twitter linkedin everywhere and so so is true for me you know i am also on every piece of uh, social media platform so i am on facebook i am on instagram youtube everywhere You just have to search either Aritya Bose, my name, or Probano, and you'll find us. And you can also reach out to me via email. My email ID is arithyaobos at probano.com. So my full name at the rate of my startup.com. And yeah, I'm very happy to interact with anybody who wants to talk to me about education, about entrepreneurship or something about their career.
0: You know, this is a man that is doing very, very big things in the space of education. You know... Career guidance is such an important aspect of education and I think, you know, your work is so important and you just as a person, Aditya, you're so inspiring and what you've done for the world and what you're continuing to do and the mindset that you instill in people around you, it's so important. So thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule, you know, just to come chat with me and give the audience all this insight and honestly, I wish you nothing but prosperity, Aditya.
1: Thank you so much, so I think it's great work that you're doing through this podcast, you know, getting people from different parts of the globe and getting their insights and sharing good uh, messages with each other. I think this will really inspire a lot of people to come up with their ideas and, you know, solve a lot of problems in the world. So this is a great start to a great conversation. And yeah, it has been a pleasure to be a part of this lovely, atmosphere, lovely conversation. Thank you so much. And I hope you have a great day.
0: Thank you for joining me in today's episode. I hope there's some stuff that you can take away and some stuff that you learned. Join me in the next episode as we chat to a Forbes Africa 30 under 30 entrepreneur. Her name is Cleo Johnson and she is the CEO of Nucleo. She is a multi-award-winning businesswoman with accolades including 100 Most Influential Young Leaders in Africa, as well as two MBA Markets Awards for business and African excellence. I'll catch you guys next time. But of course, guys, until then, let's continue our journey in creating a better world.